It is a podcast for women of color where we talk about our journey and the issues we face each and every day. And I'm your host, Karen Davis Thompson. And I have a great guest with me today. Y'all know I live on the Today Show and Good Morning America. And every now and then I run across a guest that really intrigues me. And that was the case with Carolyn Doling. She is my guest today. And I'm going to have her introduce herself. And then we'll get into why I wanted to talk to her. So hello, Carolyn. How are you? Hello, hello, hello. Yes, I'm doing just fine. Thank you. In New York today. In New York. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to be my guest today. And I wanted to talk to you because I was watching the Today Show, the third hour of today, which is my favorite hour to watch. And you were profiled as a woman who reinvented yourself after retiring and you became a full-time model. Tell us a little bit, uh, first of all, about your career before you became a model. What did you do for a living and how long did you do that? Okay, great. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy to do it. And thank you so much for having me on the show. I always enjoy telling the story because there's so many other women out there who are interested in how I went about reinventing myself. And so basically, um, I had just kind of the normal life. I had pretty good jobs in telecommunications and banking. I worked at AT&T, Bank of America. And let me just go way, way back. Growing up in North Carolina in a tobacco growing farm, my first job was, I would say, barning tobacco. So I was a country girl. And, um, you know, when I got out of college and got offers for jobs, that was really important, having come from the segregated South, you know, to have a stable job and, you know, a good place, stable company like AT&T or Bank of America. That was I mean, that was it. You'd arrived. Um, so, yeah, I had that jo- those jobs. And then and primarily those jobs were in marketing or sales, uh, customer service, some kind of, um, you know, building personal relationships. And the last job that I held before I retired was actually with a, a community foundation where my role was to engage philanthropists, individuals who had had financial success in their lives and then were interested in being strategic about how to give some of the money away. Many people of a certain um, level of wealth don't want to leave all of it to their their, their kids. Um, so my job was to act as kind of an intermediary between um, nonprofit organizations, uh, community organizations that actually needed funding and individuals who had resources to give. So that's probably the most rewarding job I had until now. So um, after I retired, and this was in 2017, actually, it was a whole new life. And I tell people we often go through life identifying ourselves by what it is that we do, whether it be our job or parenting. So I am a mother of two kids or I am a strategic philanthropic services director. So when people ask you who you are, what you do, that's what you lead with. And after you retire, you become a little bit more aware that uh, that's missing. You, just to say, I'm retired, 
uh, is not really quite as fulfilling enough. And, and even when you say you're retired, I mean, that just gives people a totally different view of you. Now it's, um, you're not a part of the productive society is kind of the sense that you get. Identifying who you are is a bit of a challenge and it's not helpful that in this um, society, there is ageism rampant. So after you get, to, you know, everybody wants, is chasing youth. And so when you get to be 70 years old, you're treated differently. This feeling that I had that I was not uh, being, like I was being overlooked, like I was being underestimated as to what I could still accomplish was very heavy, heavy on me all the time. And so I decided, you know, very proactively to do something about it. I mean, just, you know, I felt in a certain way, like I had to confront this kind of discrimination. And I know it's kind of pale to, you know, the other kinds of discrimination that I also have suffered in my life, but just the fact that because you turn a certain age, you're treated differently and people don't expect much of you, I thought was really, really, really quite unfair. So I started to do little things to get myself better noticed. Of course, I was not going to work, but I fortunately live in a place where it's very walkable. So I deliberately would change my attire and not wear just like the plain black pants and you know shirt. I put on pops of color, um, add fashion, and that definitely did make a difference. It made social interaction a lot more meaningful. Um, and then I started writing about the way that I was feeling. And you probably have seen a couple of the articles at a sister's newsletter, AARP. And my, the articles, I refuse to be invisible. And I was doing it not only for myself, but I, like I said, I, I was running into other women who, you know, the light seemed to have gone out in their eyes. Um, I noticed that they were just like dressing really shabbily, just kind of blending into the sidewalk. <laughs> and um, so, like I said, I started doing that. I started adding more fashion, more color, more kind of swagger, swagger. And um, the more I did it, the more I realized that it had an effect. About the same time I had my hair going, it was always gray, but I was always dyeing it. I went to the beauty shop one day for the regular perm and the regular color. And I came out of the shampoo bowl with a bald spot. That was really quite the blessing, I have to say, because once I saw, you know, we had to cut my hair down and when it started growing back, it was this beautiful color of gray and the curl pattern was great. I had never, ever seen what my hair actually looked like. Well, with that came suggestions from people that I should do more modeling, if you will. They were talking about the hair. And I walked into a, a McMullen boutique, which is a, a kind of a high-end fashion boutique in Oakland, California. And they were doing interviews of women who walked in and they asked me what I felt um, 
what my goals were or something like that. And, you know, by then I was just really passionate about this whole thing. So I said, I'm just, I'm hoping to inspire more women my age, inspire more women to use the power that they have by using fashion and color and adding more swagger to their lives even after they retire. They thought that was pretty cool. You know, just, I mean, these are like beautiful young women who thought, yeah, you know, I can see that for my mom or my grandmom. <laughs> uh, so the owner of the shop, Cher McMullen, called me back in a couple of weeks and she wanted to know if I were willing to do a photo shoot in some of her clothing. Um, and I did. I said, yeah, sure. So she used it for her social media. And the response was really fantastic. The response was great. The individuals who were following her responded overwhelmingly positively. And the designers commented, and Tibby in particular thought it was fabulous. And she really promotes her brand to all ages. Not every fashion designer does that. And she is kind of, she became kind of an advocate for me and um, had me do social media for her. I did a, a live reel with her. And so that's kind of how it got started. And, you know, Karen, at this point, it was about then just other people, following me, being interested, uh, other designers wanting to know if I would do social media for them. And they got great response and it just started to snowball. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's how it happened. Then there, as you know, was this huge hiatus um, with the pandemic and everything shut down. So 2019, I did some things via Zoom in September, I hired on with a New York agency, and that has made all of the difference. That September to now, I am incredibly busy with fashion, but also with commercial, uh, huge clients, just a huge campaign recently with Athleta. I don't know if you saw that um, in all of their stores, 200 stores in the country, I've modeled diamonds, I've modeled for Google, for New York Times Magazine. Did you ever think that when you said, I am not going to be invisible and there is still a lot I can do just because I am 70 and retired from the workforce doesn't mean I don't have things to contribute. Did you ever think that this is what was going to happen as a result of that? Or what, what did you think was going to happen? No, I never thought this was going to happen at this level. What did I think? I thought because the writing had also been kind of successful, that that was, that was it. I was, you know, because from a sociological point of view, you know, because that two years when we weren't able to go out, um, we were questioning a lot of different things, right? I mean, we were like Black Lives Matter, that whole, I mean, it's like statues toppling. Yes. What? why are we accepting some of these so-called truths? Yes. Like, why are we accepting the fact that because I'm 70, I can't do kickboxing or because 
I'm five foot four and I have natural hair and I'm blacker than the light skinned person. Why can't I walk the runway? I mean, so just a lot of why. So what did I think I was doing? I, I thought that I would write more about it. I thought I'd write about, um, and I get emotional about this this time because it's it's so important to me that I would write about standards of beauty and why what why are we just accepting the fact that to be beautiful you have to have a Eurocentric looking face that you have to have you know they have to be a size zero zero uh, why are we not yeah exploring our natural hair. Why are we not adding more color to our wardrobe? Why is everybody wearing black on the subway industry? Everybody's. So my thought was that I would continue to write about that, these kinds of things, and that there would be, that would be the audience. And, and, that, and that was, yeah, and that was fine. And I still, ah, I still hope to do that, Karen. <laughs> I hope to write the book, but in the meantime, I'm going to auditions and, so I'm accepting that and I get motivated every single day by people like you uh, who want to hear the story by women who write to me all the time. You know, it's like, how do I get started? Or my life is really bad. I'm, you know, I'm married to someone I don't, you know, it's like all kinds of things that are, um, affecting people and they're kind of stuck in where they are so yeah that that keeps me going and I would imagine as you said with the pandemic there was so much that we began to question um so many things about our lives that it's like you know there's a pandemic you don't know if we're gonna you know your people are losing loved ones left and right and so you start to question the truths that you've been told um, and so you mentioned that a lot of women are reaching out to you. What are some of the things that you're hearing? For me, um, I wanted to interview you, as I said, because uh, as I get older and, you know, my children are now adults. And so parenting is not what it was when they were little. Right. Um, you know, I'm at a point where I need to start thinking about retirement and what is the next chapter? And you begin to wonder, OK, so what is that going to look like? Because we work for 30, 40, 50 years. And then now that's gone. And it's like, you know, and nobody's mommy, what's for dinner? <laughs> you know, right. so, so what are some of the things that women are reaching out and saying to you uh, as you've been on this journey? So I get, I say the most of them are, well, I'm not the most, a lot of them are all my life. I wanted to be X all my life. I wanted to Many, many women wanted, wanted to model and, uh, you know, then life happens and you get a job and you get kids and you get a husband and you get, you know, like you say, you make the dinner. So then how do I get started? But I think it's, modeling is not for everyone. Uh, I'm not sure it's for me for very long. It's, yeah, it's a lot of work, but um, I think we all have some aspirations that maybe got cut short uh, that we have, that something that we dreamed of doing, something that we wonder about. And, you know, it's like the more curious you are, the more you'll really discover what that thing is. But I mean, I think 
instead of looking at it like retirement, look at it like such a great opportunity to explore what else I could do with this time. And there's just so, so much. I mean, I did start doing some courses at first and I was traveling a bit, which I think is excellent. But it's kind of like if you're doing what that kind of normal retirement path is, you're more of a spectator than a producer or a doer. So even when you travel, you're going to see the sites, you're going to the museums, you're not, um, and you're enjoying it and that's great. But if you're really interested in being more productive, then the question is, what is it that you thought you wanted to do at one time? What is it that you're curious about? Uh, did you want to paint? Did you want to write poetry? Did you want to? What are the creative aspects of things that you felt that would be great for you to do? And I think all of us have that. And so what I tell women who ask, how do I get started? It's like, well, first of all, you have to name it. You have to name what it is. And that might take a little in-depth, I don't know, talking to be, I don't know what it takes for you. For me, it was just realizing how other people were reacting to me and knowing that that was not the way that I wanted to go out. Find out what it is. Think about it. Name it. What is it? And then just decide that that's what you're going to do. Just print yourself a business card. Say, you know, I'm a painter. I'm a model. I'm a plumber. I don't know what it is you want to do. And so that just kind of, you claim it, that's what you want to do. And then just start telling people, you know, I mean, like I went in that shop that day and I said, this is what I want. I want people to know, women to know that they have more power. And you'll start gravitating towards things like that, what you read, uh, you talk to other people and people want to help you. They'll be very resourceful, like Sherry. You know, she introduced me to Amy, who was Tibby, and, and then you're just on a roll. And I had one young, very young photographer as a friend of my then 30-year-old daughter, I think, because uh, I had engaged her to do some photographs for me. And she said, you know, you can do this. Now, granted, I'm five foot four. I'm not six feet tall. I am an old lady. <laughs> And um, she said, you know, you can do this. You just have to be very persistent. Hmm. And she is so right. Be persistent. And it's not always easy to do that because, especially in this business, and I imagine in many others, um, there's, a, there, there's a rejection. I mean, there are people who don't believe, people who don't want to advocate, people who want to encourage you like my own family members. It's like, isn't that skirt too short for you? <laughs> I mean, are you? Shouldn't you be acting your age? I know that's yeah. gotta be the worst. It's like, really? You're my own family, you know? <laughs> what is the age limit for a shorter skirt? I don't know. <laughs> it's not like, it's like, you know, in most sports, the highest score wins the game, right? <laughs> Why is that not the case with us? It's like, it's like, yeah. So right now I'm 75 years old. So there's been some action since then. Being persistent has really been the thing that helps. I mean, I, I don't get everybody. Every, 
every option, which is what they're called when a client is wondering if you're available, it's an option. Would you hold this date for Nike? Would you hold this date for Hamden clothing or whatever? Yes. So you block out that time. The majority of the time, it does not come through. You can be released. They don't want you. They found someone else or whatever. And so initially when I started this, in fact, last summer, um, oh, I was like in the pits because I had had like Steve Harvey people call me. I had had Rachel Comey's people call me. That's a designer here in New York about fashion week. And I was on a roll. I thought, oh my gosh, this is great. <laughs> so I stayed in New York just changed all my plans because this stuff was going to happen and it all fell through. It all fell through. The Steve Harvey people, I never made it to their calendar. Rachel, I didn't, you know, I didn't get to do that fashion week. And so I could have just like tucked my head under and gone home. Be persistent. You know, you have to just the next day get up and say, this is what I need to do. I need to convince someone today that this is a good idea. That's been a really tough uh, kind of life lesson for me um, during this whole process is that my power is really not in negatively influenced by what somebody else says I can or can't do that day because I feel like I have the power the next day to do what I need to do to make it happen. And so, especially in this business, every day is a day that I pursue an opportunity. And luckily for me, and it is partially luck, people like you call or you email me and say, I'd like for you to be on my podcast or CNBC calls and says, We'd like to do a video of your story. It's like, wow. Okay. Okay. And I want to reach as wide of an audience as I can. And how does it make you feel when you walk in for a photo shoot and they are, are they surprised when they see you walk in? Have they ever commented? Um, you know, I wasn't expecting somebody of your age or, or how, because as you mentioned in fashion, it's six feet tall, size zero, you know, they're much lighter than we are in terms of right. skin color and right. much younger. So what, what reaction do you get when you walk in to the room for the photo shoot? Of course it varies. People are not vocal about it. People will never say, they would never say we thought you'd be younger. <laughs> First of all, at least you would hope they wouldn't say it. You never know. <laughs> First of all, in this day and age, there are no surprises. So if you are on the list, someone has Googled every aspect of your life, right? So if you Google Carolyn Doling, all of the images come up, all of the, all of the, you know, interviews. The right, it all comes up. So I don't think they would say that. I think what happens is this. Um, I had an opportunity, for example, and I don't know how you feel about me 
mentioning names, but um, so I had an opportunity to audition for Mark Jacobs, a new uh, fragrance that he was doing. Now, my agent said, oh, you're just what they're looking for. It's like, oh, cool. So I show up. I show up. I'm number 112 on the list of people to be auditioned. Oh, and God. <laughs> it's, it's huge production. Oh, my gosh. Karen, I learned something every single time on these. It's like, oh, like the athletic. Oh, there were 70 people. Camera, video camera, makeup, hair, dye. And you're the talent. So these auditions, it's very, very, very interesting. So I'm number 112. And it's like there are people managing movement. You know, it's like, come here, take your photograph, go here. And the interview itself is in front of the creative team. So that's eight to 10 people the photographer, the wardrobe stylist, da, 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 the marketing person, and then Mark Jacobs. So by the time I get there, you know, and I have to say to their credit, of 112, I would say maybe seven or eight that I saw in my time frame, but there are probably more, were older women. I'm sure I was the oldest, but that's okay. Um, but the team, the creative team, are my kids' age, right? So, and then there's him. He's probably 40-something. Um, so they're not going to say you're too old. They're not going to say that. I mean, and I did not embarrass myself. I mean, they asked me, uh, what was it? The question was, what, what, do, you, what do you think of uh, perfection? Because that was the fragrance. And then I just said something like this authenticity. And I talked about my kickboxing and that got their attention. So a lot of times it's not just the, the way you look, it's the energy you exude. And the interesting thing about you. So personality I've discovered really makes a big difference. Like with Google, that was they wanted me for all the other stuff that I had done. Um, so this young team is looking at you and they're thinking that could be my grandma. In fact, my grandma is younger than that. So how does it work when you're trying to, is it like people call your agent based on what they're looking for? Is it, hey, I think I really want to work for X designer or X campaign how does it work for you to get some of the jobs, um, either like Fashion Week or some of the campaigns that you've mentioned? What is the process like? Well, the process is, for me, it's with the agency. So, but it, it kind of goes both ways. Like, so I give them a list of designers that I would like to work with. And they either have relationships with that designer or, you know, they reach out to them. They have my portfolio, which includes all kinds of photos, you know, athletic uh, lifestyle. Yeah, if you go to We Speak Models is my agency right now. And then in San Francisco, it's Scout Model. But 
if you go to We Speak and look at models, they, and this is what clients do too, they go and they look at the board of all the models and then they decide that they like this one or that one and they wanna know about availability. So they ask, is Carolyn Doling available? Athleta says, is Carolyn Doling available? I think that was in December on these dates. And so, yes. And so then I would imagine, although I've never actually seen this, I would imagine that then their staff goes online and they look at my Instagram, they look at my Facebook, they look at all of the other photos that have been taken of me. And I know that's true because when, when they finally confirm through the agency, yes, we want her on this date and here are the specs. This is what we want her to bring, what we want her to look like. When I get to the spot, um, they have they're a big board and it has all the models names and those and they have photos of those models and those photos have been taken from my Instagram from some post somewhere from the agency I mean I'm actually surprised sometimes it's like wow where did they find that picture there was one picture it was like I was at my girlfriend's house and the influencer business is another thing that's happening too it's like this this purse company from Dubai had found me on Instagram and sent and wanted to know if, if I would post their purses. And so they sent me a purse. And so I went to my girlfriend's house that day and I said, you know, I, I need you to take photos because I'm supposed to post this purse. And her daughter was there and they took pictures of me out on her balcony. And we just kind of staged it, you know, and put my purse on the table in front of me. And that was it. And I posted it on Instagram. Well, lo and behold, that photo showed up on the athletic shoot. It's like, what? You know, right. You figure what was that was just at my girlfriend's house. <laughs> what do they see? What do they see in that photo? So how does it work? Everyone is every single time is very, very different. And that is what makes it so much more fun is that everybody's looking for something slightly different. When you go to these auditions, to the shoots, to the test shoots, you learn something every single time. You ask about Fashion Week. Um, this business is a small, it's, it's a small network of people and um, it's very network oriented. So I have yet to actually run, do runway at Fashion Week. Well, I can't say that. There was there was a small job this past September, um, but it wasn't the type that's going to get headline news, which is what I'm hoping for, is um, some uh, designer who is really internationally known will agree that I can do runway. Um, so I'm kind of the middle of the road, ordinary old woman who would love to do runway. And I try to keep up the kickboxing so that I have the physicality that I can actually get down the runway. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have no doubt that you'd be able to get down the runway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I have to agree. I said, I, I watched um, Tamron Hall's interview with you and yeah. she was talking to you and she showed pictures of you um, 
in corporate America. And then you today, and I was like, she's right. You look younger, happier. It was, it was like, even, you know, in the hair, you could tell the hair was like, oh yeah, it was relaxed and it was shorter, but relaxed. And I'm like, she is so right. You look so <laughs> much happier. And, and it's just, you can see the joy uh, yeah. in your face. Yeah. Good. So I agree with, with, when she mentioned that, I thought, yeah, she is so right. Just in talking to you, your eyes light up when you talk about it. And the fact that for you, and you can tell me if, if I'm reading this correctly, it's more than just the modeling, but it's what it represents for women in your age group who have felt like they were not seen or heard. Uh, would that be accurate? Like this is a calling. This is your way of helping women who are older know that they do matter. There are things that they can still do and they just have to get out there and do it. Absolutely. Without that, I would not be doing, I would not be doing it. I mean, like I said, it's a lot of hard work. It's tiring. I've had to learn social media. I've had to, and even now it's like, I have to post. Oh my gosh, that whole aspect. So yes, Karen, and I am so grateful for you and people like you who see the value, see the value in telling the story so that other women, you know, just don't accept the fact that, I mean, other people's opinion of what you can do. And I do feel it's feel like it's my calling, like it's my purpose. And I never would have chosen it, but here it has landed uh, for me to do. And I feel I just, yeah, I, I feel it's really important to continue to do it. Well, I think there's this RuPaul quote. It's like, if you, you still have the power and if you have the power to influence how other people view you, then use it. I had one woman tell me, well, how did she put this? She said she had retired. And so now she was, she had become the full-time babysitter for her grandkids. That is beautiful. I don't have grandkids. I would love to be a full-time babysitter for a grandkid. I'm not pushing anybody, but you're doing that for your daughter and your grandkids. What are you doing for yourself? I mean, so like, that's really important to keep in mind. It's like, what else is there that you can be doing or that you would love to do? And you know, if it's with your grandkids, maybe it is watercoloring. Is that, is that something you wanted to do? You're teaching them. What can you teach them that it's also fulfilling what you wanted to do? I don't mean to preach to anyone at all. I just want to be the visual messenger. That's it. You know, I'm not trying to right. say, yeah, it's just like, look at me. If I can do it, you can do it. Something. Which I think is a perfect way to end. I was going to ask you, what advice would you give? Um, and I think you just answered that. But if there is something <laughs> in particular you want people to take away from uh, watching and listening to the podcast, what do you, what, what's your advice? There's a woman sitting there, she's just retired and she doesn't know what she wants to do. She feels like she's just kind of, you know, ho-humming through life now. What would you say to her? Well, I would say, just remember the term. I mean, I think just thinking of the terms rebooting, 
you know, like when your computer goes off or your router goes down or whatever, and then you call and I get that, well, you have, you need to reboot. <laughs> you need to reboot, press this number and then reboot. Just think of it like that. Think of it like, wow, I had a wonderful career or not so wonderful, whatever. Now I'm rebooting, I'm gonna restart. And given our age, I'm 75, but you know, the actuarians say, I might live to be 95. That's 20 years, that's 20 years. So reboot, reimagine, reimagine what you might do, reinvent yourself. And then where I am right now is rejoicing, rejoicing that I'm able and that I am and that I have, I'm open to what the future brings. It's just the most thrilling and exciting time of my life with this anticipation of what is to come. Well, that I love that. Reboot, reimagine, and then you rejoice. I really appreciate that. That's good for me too. <laughs> so thank you, Carolyn, for this time. I really appreciate it. Uh, that's all the time we have for today. But if there's anything you want to hear us talk about on In My Shoes, you know what to do. Hit me up at kdt at inmyshoestoday.com. That is kdt at inmyshoestoday.com. And until our next episode, be blessed.